0: Chris yeah I'm not gonna yell (laughs) I'm not gonna raise my voice I'm not gonna wave my arms around I'm not gonna go nuts I'm not going to be up here today gonna be down here today hi good to see you
1: what's up man how was the game uh the game itself was just terrible to watch I mean Mm -hmm. it was just not a good football game um Houston does a really good job taking care of their media, though. Food was good. What'd um, you have? Uh, let's see. They had some awesome donuts at the beginning. Mm. I had one with red, white, and bl- red, white, and blue sprinkles. So Chris Evans is probably pissed somewhere. <laughs> and then um, they had uh, like frito pie and and different kinds of stuff like that for lunch. So it was nice. pretty good. Nice. The highlight of the day, pretty much.
0: Yeah. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Christen. Yeah. This is the Southside beat, of course. Every Monday through Friday, win or lose, 3-3.30 to right here on DK Pittsburgh Sports on YouTube, and later, where podcasts are found. The final score was 30-6. to And after the game, Mike Tomlin, and I quote, said, and I quote, hell yeah, we got to make some changes, man. That was an ugly product we put out there. We're not going to do the same things and hope for different outcomes. End quote. Yeah. Well, Chris, yep. after the end of last season, You, me, DK, Matt Williamson, Ramon, several others that follow the Pittsburgh Steelers and cover the Pittsburgh Steelers closely, kind of agreed Matt Canada needs to go. And I'm not going to sit here and yell, fire the guy, because at this point, after what we just saw against the 49ers, it's beyond this. It's beyond Matt Canada. It is a systemic collapsing that is taking place. Within the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. This was the second time that Mike Tomlin, really, and as a result of a loss, was outschemed and coincidental, like we talked about on Friday, with D'Amico Ryans being a former 49ers defensive coordinator, having those systems in place, right? You could argue right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers are two and two. You can argue they could be 0 and four right now. If Nick Chubb's knee doesn't blow up and Josh McDaniels does basic math, you could argue the, the Pittsburgh Steelers could be zero and four right now, and Justin contributes five dollars in super chat Thanks, for man. his therapy. We're doing our best.
1: Pour it, one out.
0: It's hard. It's I'm hard a, right now to talk I'm, about this football team.
1: Chris, I'm gonna pour one out for you guys Chris right now. pour okay? one out. I'm, I'm gonna one out. You know. There we go. There did we just go. Just dump
0: that on your keyboard.
1: No. <laughs> Lord, no. Oh my. God. I've got a paper towel right here. All right, I Chris. actually wasn't even planning that. I just happened, happened to have a paper towel. There's a, I got two kids. There's always just yeah. paper towels and everything around here, so All uh, right, Chris. Good. You were there? Yeah. Tell me about it. Um that th- one of my biggest takeaways um and I wrote wrote about this in, in my column from yesterday. Um I had never seen the locker room be like that, you know, in the 17 games I covered last year. And then obviously this being the only one I've covered so far this year, but 17 games last year, I remember Miami and Philadelphia being pretty, pretty lousy locker rooms in terms of they were really pissed. They were, you know, just not, not stoked about the way that they played. Mm Mm-hmm yesterday's locker room doesn't even compare like those two locker rooms don't even compare to yesterday. Yesterday was, I mean, I was turned down multiple times for interviews and not because they didn't want to talk to me, but because they were like, like, so you, you have this kind of thing when you, when you, when you're doing this job, there are certain times you don't talk to guys. You don't approach guys when they're about to go get in the shower, obviously like leave them alone. Let, let, let them go get in the shower. but usually it's like, if you can tell they're not in a hurry to go get in the shower or if they got back and they're dressed and everything like that, those are usually the best times to try to approach somebody for an interview. And every time I tried to approach somebody, if there was somebody else close by, I would be like, Hey, you know, like another player or something like that. I'd be like, Hey, you got a second to talk. And they'd be like, no, man, we're talking right now. And they would be like talking with each other, not because they didn't want to talk to me, but because they were talking about what the heck just happened on that field. Mm-hmm. And the first person that I could get to talk was Montrevius Adams. And that was because he was just kind of sitting there by himself, just kind of sitting there, just with this look on his face, like, how did this just happen?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was it was it was a it was a really down locker room. They were pissed. Um I, I really want to stress like because I know like some people were commenting on the, you know, whenever I put that in our Steelers feed. And some people were commenting and being like, oh, yawn, you know, oh, they're pissed, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like, no, dude, I've never seen a locker room be like that. They were – I even – just go ahead and say they were embarrassed, and as they should be. That was a that was a terrible, terrible performance up and down. Two things, okay. Number one,
0: Kenny Pickett gets hurt on a play he never should have been involved in to begin with. Fourth of one, you call that, you call pass play, you put your quarterback in danger. The play was never going to work anyway because – You know, Najee Harris is running the ball effectively for the first time in four games, and God forbid you give it to him. Number two, credit to Texans. C.J. Stroud played a hell of a game. C.J. Stroud's good, man. D'Amico Ryan's called a hell of a defense, which at this stage, like we've talked about over the last year and a half or however long Matt Canada's been here since 2021, the Steelers offense has tells. They will tell you whether they're running or passing. They will tell you whether... You know, it's going to be that famed jet sweep. They're going to tell you whether Najee Harris is touching it or Kenny Pickett's throwing it. And D'Amico Ryan's dialed up a hell of a defensive scheme. You have yeah. to credit the Texans in this in this case. And I <clears> said <throat> on Friday, you agree with me, I think, pretty much, we weren't going to be surprised that the Texans won this football game. No, We thought it would be closer than 30-6, to six, though.
1: Yeah, I didn't think that it would be a, an absolute just mauling um because that's that's what happened um you know mark asked i ask again does anyone miss cam sutton patrick pearson has washed up um i i i i do know for a fact like i had people in the organization tell me they wanted cam sutton back they absolutely wanted him back he was a priority um the lions just outbid outbid them and and what the lions gave him i mean that that does take a, a huge commitment you can always mm-hmm. use hindsight and be like see you know but $11 million a year for cam Sutton is quite a bit, you yep. know, um, it, it just is. And so I can't fault the Steelers for not jumping on that, but you know, if Patrick Peterson's their replacement, they better be, they better be sure that the, that the productivity better be somewhat close and right. so far it hasn't, but really both cornerbacks have been bad. And I'd say, go ahead and put Joey Porter jr. In there. And I think in coverage, he might do better. Um, he does though have to get better at tackling that that's, That, that, that's a, that's a must because right now the big, the big, big, big problem on the Steelers defense, isn't their secondary. That's a problem. They got to stop the run. Mm -hmm. They have to stop the run. They there's everything else is moot. TJ and Alex, not getting to the quarterback yesterday. No sacks yesterday. Um, giving up chunk plays in the passing game. That's all moot. Mm -hmm. If they don't stop the run, if they stop the run and make the Texans one dimensional, everything else gets easier everything else doesn't Mm -hmm. mean they stop them doesn't mean they 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 hold them to 13 points to 30 but they hold them to less than 30 points if they don't run the ball for 139 yards Mm -hmm. they have to stop the run and they did Teresa brings up a point of
0: course we're live on YouTube we're we're reading comments we're taking comments as they come along this just might be a good therapy session for the next 22 minutes which is fine you know for (laughs) for you I was watching on television um I was at you know my significant other's house and we put it on a tape delay and unfortunately I knew the impending doom that was coming the entire time. Teresa brings up uh, the fact that our cut players go elsewhere and succeed, including Kendrick green underscores the problem of schematics and coaching uh, fire emoji. I'm assuming that's burn it all down. Need fresh ideas and leadership. We're all in agreement. I think that Matt Canada should have been let go of at the end of last season. I think nobody, yeah. I think nobody is disputing that and But here's the problem, Chris, at this point. It's beyond Matt Canada. And I don't know what firing Matt Canada solves right now. This is beyond just a bad offense and bad system and bad design on the offensive side of the football. These problems extend into defense. And I get it. There's a portion of this that the offense can't stay on the field, and therefore the defense is always on the field. And therefore the defense is tired, and eventually they get worn down. I get that. Yeah. But when TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith can't get to CJ Stroud for one sack with a patchwork, you know, red shirt freshman yeah. offensive line. <laughs> yeah,
1: held together by duck tape. What you
0: know? what do you do? What do you <laughs> say at that point? We sat here <clears throat> Friday thinking this was going to be a feast. We brought up the sack record in franchise history for a single game. Yeah. Partially as a joke, partially because yeah, we think the Steelers are going to get a lot of sacks on the Texans. They did nothing. They did nothing. This defense did nothing. They couldn't stop the run. Nico Collins had a huge game. The, the run defense is bad pattern behavior. The secondary is bad pattern behavior. The offense is bad pattern behavior. The only bright spot you can point to right now, and I'm not stressing this, is special teams. And that still, even then, is a little bit you know hot and cold at times.
1: Yeah, uh, Matt says something here, and, and part of this is true, but I, I do want to kind of clear the air here. He said the past three years have been poor run defense and poor offense. Neither has gotten better, both exceedingly fragile To uh, lose one player and everything uh, goes to poop, poopy. Um, the run defense is actually pretty good last year. Um, they were ninth against the run, and ba- based off of what they did the year before, I mean, 2021, they were awful. They were awful. They were la- dead last in the league. They were bad. Last year, they got a lot better with it. Um, I don't know if that's Brian Flores' influence. I, I, I don't know. Obviously, the Steelers don't have Cam Hayward right now. That does hurt the interior of the line. There's no question sure. about that. Sure. <clears throat> but as you said, this Texans offensive line had their way with the Steelers' run defense. And I want to take a closer look at the film. Um, from what I see on the surface, it, it appears the Steelers really, really struggle against zone running schemes. Mm -hmm. And that was a major problem yesterday. They tend to do much, much better against gap, gap concepts, uh, which might be why they typically do well, or at least do better against like the Ravens, even though they're such a good running team. Um, They typically do a little bit better because the Ravens are predominantly a gap concept uh, running team. So maybe that's why, maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just guessing Um, a closer look at the film and, and the stats might, might tell a different story, but. Either way, no matter what, they, they do have to they have to figure out a way to do it uh, because they, they showed last year that they could put together a, a larger body of work in which they can be better against the run. And mm-hmm. if they don't stop, I mean, three out of four games this year, it's been not just bad, but like really, really, really bad. I mean, the only reason they're even averaging like 145 and a half yards per game on the ground instead of more is because they actually held the Raiders on the ground, mm-hmm. like to a pretty I think it was like 60 something yards or something like that.
0: I'm going to bring a point up from Trevor. Uh, Trevor in the YouTube chat says Tomlin ensures there will be changes. Yeah. And then he adds his commentary. I want to pull up the exact quote from Mike Tomlin because that's not entirely true. He says, hell yeah, we got to make some changes, man. Yeah. He's acknowledging that things need to change. He's not saying as at this point in Mike Tomlin, will talk tomorrow, Tuesday at noon, as he usually does. Mike Tomlin said, we got to make some changes. That is an acknowledgement that there is a problem. That is not saying we are taking affirmative action. There is a difference between acknowledging a problem and acting on a problem. The Steelers have known that this is a problem, meaning this Matt Canada thing and deficiencies in the offense, that's one problem. Now they're discovering that this defense, which, as you said, Chris, was not so bad at stopping the run at one point. Last year saw Alex Highsmith break out has seen players come in and go and has facilitated the defensive player of the year in recent memory. And TJ Watt is, is, is explosive and is perhaps the best defensive player in football. Now we're finding out that it's more than just a defunction, a a defunct offense. And now the quarterback is hurt. So I think we need to talk about Kenny Pickett. Obviously we're not going to do the, the generic canned well, Kenny Pickett being out. Here's the impact because we know what the impact is.
1: Yeah.
0: But now, there's there's obviously limitations to this offense now. Not that there wasn't any before. But Mitch Trubisky is just not as, you could tell, confident as Kenny Pickett. Mitch Trubisky, probably not as, talent- as talented as Kenny Pickett. Although at this point, Chris, with Kenny Pickett's play in three games and up until he got hurt, I don't know what that gap is at this point.
1: I don't honestly think, as of right now, as of right now, there's not much of a gap between Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. I I'm just being honest. I think you're trading one thing for another. I think Mitch is better in the pocket than Kenny is. And that obviously comes with experience. Uh, Mitch has, uh, obviously been in the league for a few years, so he's been there, done that. He knows how to throw from the pocket. Um, Mitch is also a little bit more aggressive and sometimes overly aggressive than Kenny is. And that can get him hurt last year when we saw Mitch being trying to not throw interceptions, he wasn't able to do the offense was just completely, they couldn't do anything. They they couldn't move the ball. Um, when Mitch did play the two games last year after he had the job taken away and he had to come in and play two three games actually, the offense moved the ball. I mean he moved, he did really well in the in the game against Tampa. They ended up coming back and winning that one. Uh, moved the ball really well in the loss to Baltimore. Just didn't dial back the aggressiveness when they got into the red zone and threw three picks because of it. And then Carolina like kind of found a nice balance. And so I don't think there's really that big of a gap between Kenny and Mitch right now, to be completely honest, because number one, and I I, I'm really trying to be as fair here. So I don't want this to be like, let's bash Matt Canada, but I think any quarterback is going to be handcuffed in this system. Like I really agreed. Agreed. Um, So it really does not matter who the quarterback is. They're not going to be able to reach their full potential in this system. Um, But then you go along, you know, to then go to that point, you know, The veteran might actually be the better play here. Not that I'm not saying that you know when Kenny's healthy, they should play Mitch. I'm not saying that Kenny needs to play. He needs the experience. He needs to he needs to learn, and especially learn from yesterday because while that play call was awful, and they shouldn't have ever put him in that position, Kenny cannot bail from the pocket on that play. He just can't. He had a clean pocket, didn't have to bail. He bailed and he bailed right into a guy and got hurt that's one of the reasons why I've said he can't bail from the pocket early and it got him hurt. And that absolutely sucks to see because you don't want to see that happen to somebody, but maybe this will be what helps his lesson. Like, dude, you got to stay in the pocket when it's clean. You, you got to stop bailing out.
0: Sometimes I feel like I'm repeating myself when I'm talking about Pitt or the Steelers, because anyway, that's a personal <laughs> thing. I <try> to air. <laughs> um, Okay. As of this moment, we don't know how, how long Kenny Pickett is going to be out for. No, uh, Mike Tomlin again talks on Tuesday. We will find out more from him. Yep. I was inside the locker room a couple hours ago. Uh, Kenny took three passes in my line of sight. Mm-hmm. First pass, no brace on his knee, no nothing on his knee, but he was walking with like a, a very slight limp. It wasn't anything significant. It wasn't like he was grimacing in pain or anything. It was just a little limp, yeah. general stuff. Came back through another pass. There was a little wrapping on the injured knee, similar limp. Then he leaves the locker room without the wrapping. So we will find out Kenny Pickett's status. I'm sure from Mike Tomlin tomorrow. Now reports are indicating that he's not going to miss a significant amount of time. This will be a week to week kind no. of thing. So once the Steelers confirm that, obviously, a DK Pittsburgh Sports.com we will relay that. And for right now. What the Steelers have is a two and two record. It's two and two. You're two and two. Sometimes you are what your record says you are, but this team very well could be zero and four. It's
1: not a good football team. No, it's a bad football team. It's not a good football team right now. And and the problem is, and listen, you know, I I you know Charles brings up here the Steelers' offense game plan and run game hasn't been the same since Munchak left. Um, I, I would agree with that, but I would also kind of say that's not the only reason why. Um, I. I don't necessarily I understand why the Steelers switched to more zone zone concepts than uh than gap concepts in terms of running the football. Najee's a better zone runner than than gap. Uh however, I think they need to do more inside zone than outside zone. Najee's going to be better when he's running downhill and when you're running a more predominantly outside zone, you're asking him to run more laterally and that's just not he just he's not fast enough for that. I think that's why you might see Jalen Warren have a little bit more success because his burst and acceleration will be better at running off tackle. So mm-hmm. um Burger, how appropriate
0: f- would it be Dude. if the Steelers beat the Ravens on Sunday? How and, and appropriate you know would what? that be?
1: It wouldn't shock me. It, it it really wouldn't. Like I understand we just saw this team get absolutely obliterated. Um, but as you said, you know, as you pointed out last week, the 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 49ers and Texans are kind of cut from the same cloth. And obviously the Texans don't have the personnel that the 49ers do, which is why the Texans aren't viewed as a Super Bowl favorite. The 49ers are, uh, but there's a lot of similarities there. And if that's the recipe for success against the Steelers, then other teams better pop aboard. I don't think the Ravens are going to be one of those teams because they just like the Steelers do it. The Ravens are kind of, they have their way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And so I still see, I, I'll be shocked if this one's a blowout, this upcoming Sunday and obviously we'll get more and more into it because just predominantly Steelers Ravens games aren't blowouts. I mean, very, very rarely are they. It's usually, I mean, how many have been decided by three points or less? Um, yeah. So yeah, Steelers B B Phil says Steelers versus Ravens is different. It really is. I mean, any divisional game is different. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. The only way I would say I would feel much, much better about this football team no matter what is if they went and absolutely just, Stomp the Ravens like 42 to 3. Like that would be the only way I, I would see that. And I, I that's not gonna happen. I uh, I I wish I knew where to start.
0: Way. I wish I knew where to start when it comes to even thinking about the Baltimore Ravens. Look, if Mike Tomlin's gonna say we gotta make changes, we gotta make some changes, excuse me. That's mm-hmm. acknowledgement. Acting is another. And now at this stage, Mike Tomlin's loyalty is being called into question. He, he retained Matt Canada over the offseason, despite similar things happening to the same offense in 2022. There is a loyalty component to all of this, as you know, Chris, as those that listen know. This is a family business. This isn't your average yeah. football franchise. This is a family business. Once a Steeler, always a Steeler. If you're locked into this fraternity, if you will, that is the Pittsburgh Steelers, then you're locked in strong. And if those that are within the walls of the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex trust in you, they put their faith in you, they put their belief in you, they're going to ride or die. That's how this works. And at this stage, it is so clear. It is so crystal clear. I said this a few weeks ago. Yeah, This is not – Matt Canada is not a, an NFL offensive coordinator. I'm going to say that very nicely. Matt Canada is not an NFL offensive coordinator. He's hardly a college football offensive coordinator, but yeah. that's besides the point. So if Mike Tomlin is going to make changes, as he says, we gotta make changes. Where does it start? Yeah. Where does it start?
1: Um okay. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta address this just real quick. Um, I wholeheartedly disagree with this, with what uh, Pablo Hunter says. Tomlin should be fired. Don't you realize that Tomlin was riding Cowers back with his team that Super Bowl that Tom that that Super Bowl was Tomlin and like and it was with Cowers team. Uh Yes, that roster was uh, you know, really, really close to the end of Cowers um tenure. You know, that was Tomlin's second year, but you gotta you gotta there are parts of that team that have his that have Tomlin's fingerprints all over it. The way he handled Willie Parker that season, um, whenever he started, you know, complaining about not getting the ball enough. Um, the 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 story about the uh, leading into the Super Bowl about how they might need to pick six, you know, because whenever he was you know with Tampa and they had all those pick sixes in that in that Super Bowl victory and how they put an emphasis on that in practice. And then lo and behold, James Harrison you know has you know the greatest play in Super Bowl history, you know, which inevitably helps win that game there are things that Tomlin did during that season and which showed where he's where, where he's a great coach. I understand people are upset, and I absolutely think that Tomlin shoulders some of this blame. 100% he does. Uh, keeping Matt Canada employed falls on Tomlin, 100%. Um, Matt Canada's not enough. Off- I'll echo what you said. Matt Canada's not an offensive coordinator. He's not. Not in the NFL. I mean, nope. shoot like hardly at college, but it's just – Yes, like let let's let's put blame where blame is due, but let's not also take away from things that have happened in the past too, because yeah, it's
0: yeah. Well, and Def nearly takes the uh, words out of my mouth here. We're approaching almost a decade without a playoff win, and
1: that's and that's that's part that's on Tomlin too. Let's yeah, not revisionist
0: is. history. Let's not revisionist history, and some recency bias take away from the fact that Mike Tomlin has won two Super Bowls as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can leave that one, one over here, right? You can leave. I'm sorry, one. He's been to two. He's been to two. I he's meant one. one. I meant yeah. one, excuse me. Yeah. Um, let's leave that over here, okay? Because we can sit here and say the Pittsburgh Steelers have not won a playoff football game since January eighth, twenty seventeen. They are 0 in three since. They have made three postseason trips since 2017. Zero wins yeah. since that point. They've not been to the postseason since 2021. Of course, against Kansas City, they lose that one. They're 0-3 in their last three postseason games going back to 2017. I understand the standard is the standard. I understand that this football franchise prides itself on the winning. I understand that. But the fact of the matter is that this NFL has caught up to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This NFL has blazed past the Pittsburgh Steelers. Teresa brings up a point here. Mike Tomlin was great, but I think we need fresh thinking. I'm not going to go as far to say as this has to fall onto Mike Tomlin as well. I'm not I'm not there yet, but it's very clear that there needs to be fresh thinking within his realm, meaning the assistant coaches, the coordinator, especially the offensive coordinator. Terrell Austin, we have to start thinking about him in the realm of what is he doing? Because as yeah. of right now, it's not really anything. Like, again, I said it earlier, I'll say it again. The Steelers are 0-4 if Nick Chubb's knee doesn't blow up and Josh McDaniels knows basic math. You could be 2-2, two two, but you could also be closer to a 4-0 team or an 0-4 team. The Steelers are way closer to an 0-4 team than they're ever going to be looking at yeah. a 4-0 potential team. I mean, that's just watching the games. This isn't even – I don't I, I don't have any stats or anything fancy prepared today to, to quantify what I saw on Sunday. I don't need it. Because I'm used to seeing it, I had my Mac Canada rant a couple of weeks ago. I'm absolved from it. I'm clean from it. I know what I'm going to see every Sunday now. So, yeah. you know, the offense is terrible right now. The defense is terrible right now. Mike Tomlin says they have to make changes, but here's the problem, Chris. I'll believe it when I see it. At this point, I will believe that when I see that. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's a it's a it's a problem, and I I do think that 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 the loyalty um, issue is. You know, I, I mean, I, re- I remember the, the the dark years around when when Cowher was having his losing seasons. You know, I remember those years and I remember people calling for Cowher's job then. Um, you know, Dan Rooney stuck by him. They uh, eventually, you know, clawed their way out of it, made it to a couple more AFC championship games. And then eventually, obviously won the Super Bowl in 05. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know. I don't know, is this, is this Tomlin's dark, dark? you know, th- this era is, is Tom, because I will say this, though. Even though they didn't win a playoff game in 2017, that team was a Super Bowl-caliber team if Ryan Shazier doesn't get hurt, period. It just is. Ryan Shazier was a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Um, it just goes to show how valuable he was to that defense because once he went down, the rest of that defense went down. It mm-hmm. was It was bad. It was just it was not a good defense anymore. They couldn't stop London Fournette. Um, You know they they just yeah it was it was yeah it was bad. But that was a really really good football team. I mean that was a borderline like borderline Super Bowl contender, and you know that's a shame. Obviously not just for the Steelers' sake, but obviously more for Ryan's sake. You know for having a life altering injury. But Mm -hmm. um,
0: Berger asked uh, what's Mike Tomlin's current contract situation. Uh, He He has one more year. He currently is on contract through 2024.
1: yeah.
0: So it's this season and next season, pending any kind of extension or whatever it needs to be. And we can have the Mike Tomlin contract conversation another day, another week, whenever yeah. it needs to be, because it's this is not the time to have it. But in this early stage, if you will, yeah. if this persists and the Steelers finish below 500 and they have the losing season, et cetera, then that conversation of why extend Mike Tomlin or he should not be extended is going to buzz even louder. I understand right now people are mad at Mike Tomlin and you can be, people can be Mm -hmm. this, this goes back to talking about loyalty and about how over the off season, it was very clear that Matt Canada need to go, needed to go. And Mike Tomlin did not let him go. There's the loyalty aspect. There's the family business aspect. There's the once a Steeler, always a Steeler, forever a Steeler aspect. This is not your average NFL football franchise. This is a family business. Once you're in, you're in for life. And Mike Tomlin has not given anybody in that Steelers front office any reason to let him go. There's no contract on the table beyond 2024. It's just going to, it's probably going to sit there until that offseason comes. And then they'll figure it out, or hey. it comes or it comes over this off season. But that's not going to be a thing until at minimum January and February of 2024.
1: Hey, Mike, and um, I remember the Malone and well, I don't remember the Malone years, but I remember the O'Donnell years. And I, I even the Steelers went to a Super Bowl with Neil O'Donnell quarterback. So I'm just gonna put put that out there. But no, um, listen, Mike Tomlin has shown the ability in the past, even though he's a defensive coach, to have a really really good offense. Obviously. He inherited Ben Roethlisberger, all-time great quarterback. You those those guys don't grow on trees, you know. So that's a really really big thing to to inherit. But a, a lot of the rest of that offense, including hiring Todd Haley, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, yeah. Heath. I mean, obviously Heath Miller was there too. But you know that offensive line, Marquise Pouncey. You know all those guys. Those were all guys that Tomlin drafted. You know how many of those how many of those players were not Tomlin guys? Ben and Heath. I think that's about it. They were all Tomlin guys, and Tomlin made the Todd Haley hire. That was a great offense. It really was. He has the capability of doing it. Now, he's going to have to figure out a way to do it with a lesser quarterback. And that's a obviously a huge – that's a huge you know, milestone or uh, you know, roadblock there yeah. to find a quarterback that, that can be productive in today's NFL. And that's what Tomlin needs to try to do because right now it's not working with Matt Canada. No matter who your quarterback is, whether it's Kenny Pickett, whether it's Mitch Trubisky, whether it's Mason Rudolph, whoever it is, they need a they need an offensive coordinator that knows how to get the most out of their quarterback and really get the most and out of their players and play to their players' skill set. I don't think they're doing that right now. Just across the across the board. No. Matt Canada running so much spacing in his offense, you're asking receivers like Deontay Johnson to run curls. Deontay Johnson should not be running curls. Period shouldn't be happening.
0: P.A. Bonehunter says, this is a trend. You guys don't get it. Open your eyes. Look at the last five years. I'm not denying that. You can't deny that at all. But I'm telling, I'm I'm just telling from my perspective of what the organization does. They're loyal. Mike Tomlin's oh. one for them. He's done a lot for this franchise. He's been here a long time. Yeah. No. He, he's I... going gonna to continue to be here until it, it. Look at Ben Roethlisberger. You can argue Ben had to be forced out. And I mean, forced into retirement, not just... All right, I'm done playing. Yeah. Chris, it's been 30 minutes. I know we could go (laughs) about 30 more 30-minute sessions with this. But it is time to end today's show. We got out what we needed to. We didn't really quantify the Texans game other than the final score because you didn't need to. Tomorrow, Mike Tomlin will speak at noon, and we will see what he has to say. And if he teases after Sunday's game, we got to make changes. Let's see if he believes they still got to make changes. Yeah. Any final thought before we get out of here? Uh,
1: yeah. There's a. There's a. Um, Brenton says, you know, that he said to bring bring uh, Haley back. He demands perfection from the offense. That's why so many issues have been. I'm not saying that Todd Haley is the guy to bring back. I'm just saying that that offense, for, how you know, for all of its issues that it did have, when it, obviously eventually you know didn't work, but for however long it was arguably the best offense in the league, or definitely one of the better one of the better ones. I mean, they 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 put up yards. They put up points. They 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 scored. They were a very 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 productive offense. Um, no matter how it worked, they they figured out a way to make it work. No, great players, no doubt, great players. Um, but listen, just final thought. Um, <laughs> Mike Tomlin's got to got to take a really really good long look in the mirror and figure out okay. Even if we don't do it this season, because changing coordinators in the middle of a season is, it's almost how often do you see teams change coordinators in the middle of a season and it turns and it just 180s their season? It just, it's, you're trying to over, you know, implement a new offense in the middle of a football season. It's, it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. They're like Adam Schefter said on Pat McAfee show today, they're kind of stuck right now, but it's on Tomlin that they brought him back. It's on Tomlin to make sure that whenever the season ends, that Matt Canada does not return and that he does a really, really in-depth look at what they need to do to be a competitive offense in this NFL, in Mm -hmm. today's NFL, and to not bring in a guy who was already kind of outdated by the time he took the job. Yep. That's it. That's it. Because this is on Tomlin. I'm not taking that. I'm not. Oh, we're not, we're not deflecting. We're blame. not deflecting. I, it's, no. it's not that I'm not seeing a trend or anything. I am 100% saying that Tomlin shoulders blame in this. He does. Mm-hmm. You can't have your team be this bad to start a season coming off of a season when in which you were nine and eight to go almost to now go almost a decade without winning a playoff game.
0: Mm-hmm. Bob says, thanks for braving the storm, Bob. Thank you. Yeah. And thanks to those that tuned in live. Uh, of course, every Monday through Friday, 3 to 3.30-ish 3 Eastern. Uh, DK and Ramon, Ramon Foster show coming up in and I'm sure less than good. a half hour. I'm, I'm sure, sure that one be will be uh, <laughs> very fun to watch. So please do tune in. Uh, DK and Ramon will have great insight on this game. We, we we got through today. We're on to Tuesday. Mike Tomlin talks tomorrow. We'll be there. He's Chris. I'm Corey. This has been the Southside Beat. Have a good afternoon, everybody. Peace.